Welcome to another episode of Once Upon East 112. My name is Aaron Avera, and with me, as always, is Donatus Carroll. Donatus, a new week. How are you doing? Man, Aaron, I think I said this last week on the podcast. Uh, in terms of things that really matter, life is good. Um, <laughs> in terms of the Atlanta Falcons, it is another week, another collapse. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's me. How are you doing, man? You got some exciting things going on in your life, dude. Oh, yeah, man. I, I got a lot going on. Um, I have a a big thing coming up. I'm gonna keep that under wraps right now. I got baby coming. Go. I went yeah. to I went to Krispy Kreme today. Um, <laughs> I pulled up to the I pulled up to the monitor and the man goes, "The hot hot now sign is on." My wife wanted some donuts, and I pull up, and he goes, how many dozen can I get started for you? And I was like, oh, Lord, man, Satan, get behind me. You said how many dozen do I want? Um, and it improved my dozen from the half dozen I intended on getting to one full dozen, but Satan was tempting me in that moment in time. I already knew the high side was dangerous. But when he said, how many dozen can I start getting ready for you? Um Oh, man. According to Brooke, she thinks that they say that in the drive-thru all the time. I've never heard that before, and I just I knew. I say that either. All right. Yeah, no, I've never heard I was like, I just I just knew Satan was running that monitor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, man, man it's... How many dozen can I get for you? Yeah, I texted Brooke afterwards, and I said, I told him, well, when you put it that way, about three. <laughs> But now I came home with a full dozen, ate two, and I was like, I shouldn't have gotten this full dozen. This is too many donuts (laughs) for two of us. Um, My mouth is watering right now, dude. Think about some Krispy Kreme donuts. Oh, they were good, but I'm about to be on a sugar crash. That's all I've eaten so far. I got home. I know I told you I was going to get home and eat dinner, and then we can do this call, but I got home, ate two of those donuts, and didn't eat anything else. So after this, I guess I'll actually eat real food so that my, my sugar intake level, because I ate some cookies on the way home, had some famous Amos cookies left in my lunchbox, and I was like, ooh, I didn't eat these during lunch today. So I'm running on famous Amos and two Krispy Kreme donuts. Man, this is going to be fun. Listeners, Y'all living the dream, man. Hey, this is what Tisha has done to me, man. So how about, I know I put this on Facebook earlier, but, like, we're in the simultaneous learning period, and so kids can come back if they want to, and then only certain kids can come in certain days. So, like, we have 25% of our building in the school each day mm-hmm. uh, that can come back. Realistically, we have, like, 5% of our students in the building. But, <laughs> right. like, it's not many at all, for real. Um, but I had three students in my class for one of my class periods today, and they gave us some cleaning spray and rags to make sure we cleaned everything down. Um, mm-hmm. And for those three students, I had to clean nine desks because middle schoolers don't know how to not touch things. So, like, oh. I mean, they're spread, they're spread out. They're, they're completely yeah. spread out. They're not even close to each other. They're maybe each, like, 12 feet apart. But they touched yeah. so many of my desks that I'm like, can y'all just not touch things? Just touch your one desk. Oh, I love y'all, but, man, we all, y'all are making me clean Every desk in this room, every time, and there's only three of you. There's, there's no need for this. Oh, just another day in the life of teaching. I know I didn't come to hear about teaching, but this is how it's going here in America with the simultaneous stuff. <laughs> oh, that's funny, man. Whew. But what y'all came here for? <laughs> well, while I'm on it, no, I'm just kidding. Um, what y'all actually came here for was some football. This is recap for week three. Man, these weeks are already flying. Um, ooh, I feel like we just had Sam Darnold lose. Oh, wait a minute. He's already lost <laughs> again. <laughs> ooh, that's a good topic. Adam Gates, like, I heard that he was going to uh, – I saw somewhere that, that – what's his name? Uh, Coward said that, according to a source, if they lose this week to the uh, the Broncos, that his source said that Gates will be fired. Um Yes, I I don't know how true that is. There is a God. (laughs) I I, I almost feel bad for Sam Darnold because his three years was, like, in his three years, he's had Gase, Gase, 
and whoever was before Gase. So right. I don't even remember who that was. Was that, Ted, was that Bowles or was Bowles there like years ago? I know Bowles was there at one point. Bowles, I feel like yeah. he was there forever. Bowles has been there somewhere around, for, I don't know, the past 10 years. I don't know. I have no idea. I do, he was probably there 10 years ago. We don't even remember it. <laughs> but, uh, but no, like, I, cause I, I know I sent you a, uh, oh yeah, he was fired in 2018. So that's perfect. So that's, that's, that's when, yeah, that's when Gates was brought in, I think. 18, 19, yeah. 19. No, there, there was a coach. I don't know. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so like, I know I sent you a video of, and there's an insane video that y'all need to go check out of like, Sam Darnold rolls out to the left, throws it across his body, hits a receiver downfield like, th- like 30 yards away, and the receiver is in stride, doesn't have to stop, yeah. running in the opposite direction that Sam Darnold is running in. So Darnold's rolling out to the left, the receiver's coming across like 30 yards down the field to the right. Sam Darnold hits him in stride for a score. Um, and you don't – I know I told you, you don't accidentally do that. You have to no. actually have talent to do yeah. that. And so I feel bad for Darnold because Case is terrible. Like his only real notoriety is winning a Super Bowl with the Broncos. But you had Peyton Manning. So what did you really do? Right. Um <laughs> All right. <laughs> Once again, not a topic we came here for, but <laughs> but that is a uh, two donuts and a famous Amos pack of cookies right there. <laughs> oh man! Oh, sorry, man. I, I'm off the rails today. This is a no. You're dude. The longer the Q talks, the longer that we delay having to talk about the Atlanta Falcons. So you talk all the Q wants, man. You you just transition. What a transition by Donatus Carroll! Thank you uh, for that man. seamless transition there. Uh, y'all know we, y'all man, y'all know we had to do it after last week. Donatus went on his his little twenty five minute rant about how all you have to do is fall on the ball, see ball, get on ball, see whatever it was, see ball, find ball, get ball, see ball, get ball, see ball, get ball. See ball, get ball, and they did it again. And not to, before we even dive into that, man, you sent me that thing about the the special teams coordinator being like, "I'll take the blame for that. We weren't physical enough." What, what were your What were your thoughts on that? Because that was yeah, after the podcast. Man. Yeah, this dude comes out and says something like, "We weren't physical enough getting the football." And I'm like, bro, like, who do you think we are? See, here's the thing. It's stuff like that that makes me so mad. Like, do you take me as a fan to be an idiot? Like, do you think that I don't understand what's going on in the football game? For you to come out and insult the intelligence of the Atlanta Falcons fans by saying some dumb stuff like, we weren't physical enough. Well, no crap, Sherlock. We know that you weren't physical enough. You weren't physical at all. That's the problem. So no, no man, what, he but, he should have lost his job right then, man. That's some, no, see, that's some bull. I took a whole different approach to that. Is what I saw. Now, yes, the end of the game that was on him. That was on his special team. But Dan Quinn let this man fall on the grenade and didn't take any responsibility. That's like that came out, that, that came out, and Dan Quinn didn't come out and say, That's you know, forget the fact point. that we blew the lead to begin with. Like, yes, you yeah. blew it in the end, but you should have never been in that scenario. Like, never mm-hmm. should you have been in that scenario. But he jumped on the grenade, and Dan Quinn said, Whew, "Okay, good." So he took yeah. that one. I could just say, you know, we're better than this, like he always does. And we're going to improve right. next week. And he let that man fall on the grenade for him. He's just yeah, setting up ammo. Well, he's setting up ammo for when they lose this week to uh, – who y'all play this week? Green Bay. The Packers? Oh, there's yeah. no shot. When y'all lose to the Packers, that he can fire the special teams coordinator because he jumped on that grenade at one point. Like, he, yeah. he's, he's almost setting that man up to be like, well, you remember back the first time we blew the lead – and remember, it was his guys that didn't jump on the ball. Oh, man, that's you. you are, you're you the head coach over all these collapses. That's on you, man. That's Which leads me. 
leader of men. Let man, 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 man. Which leads us into this this week <laughs> this week's collapse against the Chicago Bears. Donatus, man, I'm gonna go ahead and let you take that away. We're gonna go ahead and pencil this in as a reoccurring segment on the podcast on <laughs> how did the Falcons fail or Falcons failures. We're gonna name it something, but it's gonna become a reoccurring theme this season as long as Quinn is the head coach. Um, but go ahead, man. Give, give us some of your thoughts about uh about you know the demise of the Falcons. Yeah, so um, I'm not going to focus too much on the first three quarters because that's uh, that's kind of irrelevant to uh, the fourth quarter. But at the end of the third quarter, we were up 26 to 10. Um, Young Koiku kicked a 36 yarder with nine minutes and 58 seconds left in the game. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons are up 26 to 10. If you can't do your math, that is 16 points. Um, ironically enough, we were up against the, the Dallas Cowboys in the, in the third quarter, 26 to 10, 29 to 10 as well. Um, and we knew what happened. And, uh, I want to, I want to rewind a little bit back to Sunday, uh, cause one of the, one of the guys that were in a, uh, our our fantasy football group messenger thing uh on Facebook his, his name is Hunter we all we all went to college together and Hunter t- messaged me and said how about it Dantes do you think that the Falcons can hold it together or something like that and I told him that I had told Aaron that I'm not expecting anything from the Atlanta Falcons because <laughs> they have not proved themselves worthy of holding on to a lead and I had said that hoping that they would prove me wrong. But instead, they proved me right. I'm not sure at what point Nick Foles came in. Um, but I'm in another, I'm in a group text message with, with some other Atlanta Falcons fans and another fantasy football league. And one of my friends who's a, who's a fantasy, who's a Falcons fan, as soon as Nick Foles came in, he was like, this is not going to end well. And I, I remember, I remember thinking, I hope you're wrong, but something inside of me is telling me that you're not wrong. Like, Nick Foles is in against the Atlanta Falcons. This is not going to end well. I really don't know. Like, you know, with the Dallas Cowboys, I could kind of explain. You know, like, there was one play for the Dallas Cowboys. It didn't come down. It wasn't just one play. But, you know, there's one play that you can point back to, the onside kick, and say, you know, like, that's kind of, like, there was a lot that led up to it, but, like, had the Falcons fallen on the ball, they would have won the game. Like, that's what contributed to the loss of the um, for the Dallas Cowboys. You know, and so, like, as a fan, you kind of feel a little bit better about yourself because, you know, like, oh, it was one play. They should have fallen on the ball. They didn't, you know, whatever. With the Chicago Bears, man, like, it was a whole quarter, bro. Like, there was not just one play. There was, like, a whole quarter of plays. Where you see them going, oh, it's 26 to 10. Ah, now it's 26 to 16. Now it's 26 to 23. Now it's 30 to 26. And it's like, there wasn't just one play that, that contributed to the loss of the Chicago Bears, which first of all, the Bears are not a good team. Like, I, I don't really know how they're, how they were 2 and 0 coming into the game. Yeah, despite with. them being 3 and 0, I will agree, they are not good. <laughs> no. But they, I mean, you know, kudos to them. We gave them three wins, and they've got the first three wins. They got all all their wins in the, you know, the first three games. So I guess they're about to lose 13 in a row, but we'll see. Whatever. Um, which I can't really say anything because they beat my team. So it's like I can't really talk crap about the Chicago Bears because they beat the Falcons, you know. But uh, I, don't, I don't really know. I don't know, man. This one, this one kind of baffles me, but not really at the same time. Like, I get that we were it, – it's confusing because we were down, like, I think we were without maybe five starters or so. Um, you know, we were missing Ricardo Allen, Pac McKinley, um, DeMonte KZ, I think I heard at some point. A.J. Terrell had the Rona. Um, we, you know, we were missing five starters, and so, you know, like, you're tempted to be like, oh, well, they were missing five starters and Julio didn't play and Russell Gage got hurt. And that would be fine, but you were up 26 to 10. And so it's like there's really no excuses for this game. I don't really know how they lost the game. Um, 
Tom Gurley had 14 carries for 80 yards and a touchdown. Um, we just, I don't know, man. We just got, we got a lot of problems. Matt Ryan. So when they scored the touchdown, I was like, it's okay. Um, Matt Ryan is going to save Dan Quinn's job. You know, like I, I'm not a Matt Ryan fan, but for that one second, I like put a lot of faith in Matt Ryan to save him. <laughs> and like a play later, he threw a pick that wasn't like, I don't think our guy was even in the vicinity of the ball. So Ryan sucks. Um, I don't know, dude. I don't know where to start. Like, our first, I don't know. <laughs> that bad, man. That bad. It's like, look, man. So here's, go ahead. Look, I, I'm gonna go and sum this up in, in one little statistic. The Bears, um, the, the Bears lead rusher was Mitchell Trubisky mm-hmm. on one carry for 45 yards. Like, mm-hmm. and he got benched. So, like, he didn't even play the whole game, and he's a quarterback at that, which means the running backs did virtually nothing. Um, Absolutely. And then, and then this is a Bears team. Like, to give you perspective of how bad they are, though the Lions are supposed to be a sneaky good team, they only beat the Giants by four points. The Giants held them to 17 points. The Giants are one of the two worst teams in the NFL. Like the other one, they're both in New York. It's the New York Jets and the yeah, New York Giants. Right. They share a stadium, and they're both trash. Um, and the Bears are 3-0 and after only beating them by four points. Um, right. I'll be honest, I, I, I have zero intention of watching any parts of this game. Um, I watched my Browns game, and then I changed it to watch um, – Shoot, what was I watching? Maybe the Eagles and Bengals game is what I was watching because the Bengals were doing yeah. something. Um, yeah. And then that, that group chat starts blowing up. And I saw that the score was 26 to 23. And I was like, oh, no, let me get in there. And so I flipped over. <laughs> I flipped over to the channel. And, um, and it was just in time for Nick Foles to hit Anthony Miller on that 28-yard touchdown pass. And I was like, it is happening. And then once once Ryan sealed that game-winning pick, I was like, oh, my goodness, I was losing my mind. The fourth quarter, the Bears scored. Not only, not only did they score three times, but every one of those scores were at six minutes and 20 seconds left and under. So, like, halfway through the quarter, or more than halfway, is it 15 minutes and a quarter in pros or is it 12? Yeah, 15, yeah. 15, so I like, I, I feel like it's 12, maybe 15. Yeah. Oh. Regardless, <laughs> whatever it is, like, that's, that's, that's like half the quarter gone at least. So they were three touchdowns, uh, or three scores behind, no, they're two scores behind. They were two scores behind with half of the fourth quarter left. And after each one of those scores, um, you know, the Falcons had to get the ball. So it's not like they got three consecutive series. Um, and and they, they sat there and put up almost double their points in the fourth quarter alone to put the Falcons away. Um, I was stunned that Dan Quinn even left uh, Mercedes-Benz without losing his job. Um, but I did see one person post on Twitter from um, – an Atlanta sports uh, radio show of like, you know, what what's the benefit in firing Dan Quinn right now? Because if you're just if, if it's all if everything's lost, if it's all gone, what benefit is it firing him now versus down the road? Which made sense to me, except for and, and he he alluded to the fact that like somebody says zero oh, and three, the whole season's lost, and he was like, well, they started out one and seven last year, and I'm like, I know. And they should have fired him then, but he got hot at the end of the season. Exactly. And they tricked themselves into keeping him. And now you have two double-digit collapses in the first three weeks of this season. Like, I'm afraid if they keep him and they do get hot and maybe, you know, they go 8-8 eight and eight somehow, that somehow Arthur Blank is going to get in his head, well, we started bad, but we went 8-8. Eight and eight. Like, they're going to rationalize their way into keeping him. 
and then it's just going to be more misery for Falcons fans. That's why you have to get rid of him now is because you can't go back. Like, if you fired him now, yes, it looks terrible. Yes, it looks like you should have done that last year. Yes, you're going to be made fun of because it's three weeks into a season and you realize you you needed to have done this already. Um, but you can't accidentally keep him for another year because he got hot for a, a short span of a few weeks. Um, get rid of everybody. Clean it all out. The players, yeah, the yeah. coaches, the everyone. Just rename the team, start from scratch, become an expansion team. <laughs> Pretend yeah. that this never happened. <laughs> Change your name to the Atlanta football team, and let's uh, let's just you know let's just go on with it. Yeah, because yeah, the I other team know. that <laughs> well, the other team that became a football team has a win at least. They came back against the Eagles. <laughs> that is so. true. That is true. <laughs> that is true. We uh we have a worse record than the Washington football team. We have the same record Ooh. as uh the New York Jets and the New York Giants. Who so. The Giants lost their best player, and nobody was really expecting the Giants to be good to begin with. The Jets have lost, like, their top four wide receivers, their top running back. Uh, their backup running back is 50 years old. They've got injuries on the defense. They've got Adam Gase as their head coach. Like, they have excuses to be losing games. The yeah. Atlanta Falcons have none of that. We don't have, you know, we're not missing. We've got a top, you know, top 10 quarterback we've got a former offensive player of the year running back uh we've got five you know first rounders on the offensive line or whatever they want to talk about we've got a top three wide receiver in the game uh calvin ridley is another you know dynamic wide receiver who's one of the best route runners in the nfl we're we're loaded on the defensive side with first round talent, including Dante Fowler, Tack McKinley, uh, Grady Jarrett. Um you, I don't I don't know what excuse to use. To your point about Dan Quinn, because you know, you're right. The Falcons have never been a second half team though, as far as like end games. Like this has not just been something that has been like the past two games, the Falcons blow you know, uh, a 16-point lead, like, look at the Atlanta Falcons collapse. Like, since Dan Quinn got there in 2015, we have never been a second-half team. We have struggled defensively with a guy who's a defensive coach. He's a defensive-minded coach. Like, if you're not good at offense, it's okay. That's not your speciality. But you're supposed to be good at defense. Like, that's that's what you were known for. That's why you got the job in the first place, because you were supposed to fix our defense. And so, I I don't know. Like, one of the mistakes he made was he hired Dirk Cutter as his offensive coordinator two years ago. Dirk Cutter has never ran the ball in his life. Like, in Tampa, they threw the ball 60 times a game with Jameis Winston. They had a bottom, like, five rushing game, and that's the guy that we hired to run our offense, and we're expecting him to run the ball. Like, you're up 26 to 10 going into the fourth quarter. All you have to do when you get the ball is you just run the ball. You run the ball. But for some reason, we're throwing the ball. Well, like halfway through the fourth quarter, like we're still trying to put up all these points. And I just, I don't, I don't get the play calling. I don't get why we hired Dirk Cutter in the first place. I don't know why he still has a job. I don't know why you're throwing the ball. Like you, you're, you're down two of your top three receivers. Like you have nothing to gain by throwing the ball. Just run the ball. It's simple, but no, we got to throw the ball. And so. I don't know, man. There's a lot of we. Need, there's a lot of help that that the Atlanta Falcons need. Um, you know, Dan Quinn. Every single time the Falcons lose, he's like, you know, we we as players and coaches fail to execute. And it's like, well, dude, how many times do you have to fail to execute before you <laughs> lose your job? Like, I'm a youth pastor, and so like part of my job is like helping to equip 
and 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 lead like our students into like a more personal relationship with Jesus or you know like if they say like hey Don we want you to grow our numbers or whatever like if I fail to execute on those things like they would go find somebody else who could execute like your job is a is a teacher you know like you're supposed to teach this next generation of kids if you fail to execute as a teacher like they would fire you. So I don't understand why, like, in any other job, in any other sphere of life, like, if you fail to execute, you lose your job. And I said it last week on the podcast, kind of kidding, but I'm really starting to think, like, Dan Quinn has something on somebody in the Atlanta Falcons organization, and that's why they won't fire him, because as soon as they fire him, it's going to come out. I don't know if Arthur Blank has had an affair or if the Falcons have, corru- have done some stuff corrupt business-wise or whatever. I don't know if it's on Thomas Dimitrov, but Dan Quinn has something on somebody in a higher-up position of, of the Atlanta Falcons um, because there's no excuse to keep him anymore, you know, like unless you just don't want him to run his mouth. And so I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know, but – it's okay because no longer am I going to have to talk about the Atlanta Falcons because after our loss on Sunday, I decided that I was going to be a Seattle Seahawks fan. And we were 3-0 with a uh, MVP for quarterback. So from now on, I will talk gladly about the Seattle Seahawks. But, Aaron, this is my last time talking about the Atlanta Falcons. No, man, they get the people what they want, and they want the trash of the Falcons. They know they 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 loathe and self pity and and are down about their Atlanta sports, but secretly they love it and they just love to hate on their team and they need that. Um, what I did take away from that is you heard it here first. Donatus said that Arthur Blank is having an affair on his wife. Take it to the. <laughs> <laughs> Arthur Blank, his name is his name is Donatus Carroll. His name is Donatus Carroll, and he lives in Haversham County. Um, oh, what, Demorest, I think, is the city that it's in. <laughs> Demorest. Demorest. It looks like Demorest. Anyway. You already um, know that the government is listening in on our phone calls. They already know where I'm at. Like, if I end up in a ditch, I'm going to know that it was Arthur Blank that, that came for I, me. Because I, I, I won't give... I won't give the actual address, but it's, it's you know, the Demerest. I, I don't know how, I know it's not that large of a city, but it's that area. So if you come across a Donatus Carroll, Arthur Blank, yeah. uh, he is the one who has broke the news that you're He's apparently having an affair on your wife. Um, my condolences to Miss Blank. Uh, <laughs> you don't care. Oh, about my Ms. goodness. Blank. Mitch Blank needs to leave Arthur Blank because his football team sucks, bro. Hey, but they have. Man, he owns Office Depot. He owns two teams that that people keep going to see their games. Um, That whole stadium. I mean, he he is. Ooh, he has so much money. I don't even know what he does with it all. That's the truth. He he has has enough money that he is like one of those legitimately, he could fill a pool. With with dollar bills, and it wouldn't put a dent, like hundred dollar bills, not even just like one, right? And and could swim in it, and it wouldn't put a dent in his bank account. He has so much money. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'd be lucky if I could fill one with like dollar bills cut in half to try and build. I this. Like I don't remember the last time I saw a hundred dollar bill, bro. Like. And he's got them. That's because nowhere to take them, though. Like, yeah. When people go to a store and I see them break out a hundred, I'm like, ooh, where are you? Where are you getting money from? Because I, I know half stores don't even take those anymore. They're like nothing above a fifty, and I'm like, good. All I have is fives and ones. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. The last thing I'll say about the Atlanta Falcons is I want to know how Doc Rivers got fired from the Clippers and Dan Quinn. Before Dan Quinn, man. Like, how did Doc Rivers lose his job and Dan Quinn still has job security, man? Like, they made it to the playoffs. Like, I get that. I think Doc Rivers has been there for, like, eight years or something. But, like, I I want to say the Clippers made the playoffs probably six out of those eight years, and I get, like, you know, they never made it far, whatever. Doc Rivers is a great head coach, and so um, 
when we fire Dan Quinn, I said we make a run at Doc Rivers. I know he knows absolutely <laughs> probably nothing about football, but like he's got to be a great head coach. Hey. I'd love to have Doc Rivers there. He'll, so. he'll keep you consistently good. Like the Clippers were trash right. until they got Doc, but then right. Doc brought some players in who wanted to play for Doc, and then like the Clippers were a. I want to call them a contender. They never really actually made it far enough to be considered real contenders. And I, that, that's yeah. why, you know, he lost his job is that there's always all that hype, a, a pretty good team, and then they would fail in the playoffs. I mean, they blew a 3-1 lead uh, in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, but the fact that a man who has taken his team to the playoffs more times than he hasn't, and he is noted or regarded as a great head coach, and still got fired from a team that's been irrelevant for years. Years yeah. they were irrelevant. And they were, yeah. and they decided, you know what, we're tired of, of falling apart in the playoffs. Well, we're finally making the playoffs, but now we're tired of it. Um, and fired Doc Rivers before Dan Quinn lost his job. Shoot, if, if Doc Rivers would have went to the, if Doc Rivers would have went to the NBA Finals and blew a 3-0 lead, I would be surprised. I, mean, I would be surprised if they fired him, but like, I feel like the Clippers would be more apt to fire him. And uh, your boy uh, Dan Quinn did the exact same thing in the Super Bowl, and they're like, oh, "It's yeah. okay. It must." And all of us blamed it on Shanahan because of his play call. Yeah. Uh, Dan yeah. Quinn got a, got a lot of flack taken off of him, but now that it's happened two more times, it's like, "Nah, man, it's you." <laughs> you know, I, I said I was done talking about this, but you know what else? I was thinking about this like either yesterday or yesterday was Monday. So I was thinking about this yesterday. Have you noticed how um, the previous two offensive coordinators have found success in their next jobs after Dan Quinn? Like Kyle Shanahan is uh, thriving is a strong word, but he's he's thriving as a head. Coach. Oh no, I'll give him thriving because they have. They have so many injuries. Granted, they played the Giants last week, but with all those reserves, they still lit up the Giants. Like, yeah, like it was nothing. So I, I'll say he's thriving, though they fell apart in the Super Bowl. Sorry, go ahead. And then, and, and you can probably touch on this a little bit better than I can. But Steve Sarkeesian is, uh, can I say he's thriving as an as a as Alabama's offensive coordinator as well? And, and so I. You know, like, Sark wasn't – I wasn't a big Sark fan when he was with us, but, like, watching him now after he's left, I'm starting to think he wasn't the problem to begin with. Like, it has to be Dan Quinn. That's the only factor that those two coaches who are now being successful in their other in – their, in their jobs after the Falcons, that's the only common factor that they have. That's the only common denominator is Dan Quinn. So, like – how uh, how does Dan Quinn still have a job? Now watch him like fire, you know, Dirk Cutter and Dirk Cutter go off and be successful. Which Dirk Cutter, for all the crap that I give him, he was a good offensive coordinator from like a standpoint of like he had top offenses before. Um, excuse me, he uh, <clears throat> his his passing offense was was one of the top five in the NFL. You know, like Dirk Cutter was doing pretty decent. Um, call in place. He just wasn't a good head coach, but you know, he comes to the Falcons and he's, he's fucking it up too. So the one thing that those three people have in common is Dan Quinn. And so I don't know, you know, two plus two equals four, no matter how, how, how you try to <laughs> add it up. And I just, I don't understand how the Falcons have not put that together. So no, I, I get that. And I'll say Sarkeesian is, I mean, Sarkeesian had some, you know, <laughs> rough patches. Um, um, after the Falcons, like he had to go almost be like an intern for, for, no, 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 sorry, no, he, he was an intern for, for Saban after he got fired or left USC for all those issues, uh, before he became the OC for one game and blew it. And then the, Fal oh, that's what it was. And the Falcons were like, oh yeah, the way that he blew that, right. that national championship, we need that man. Yeah. <laughs> and he went and then left the Falcons when he said, I don't, I don't remember if he got fired by the Falcons or if he just said, nah, this ain't it. Um, and he went back to Saban. And now I, I'll say he's thriving. Um, I mean, I don't think they've won a, they, they haven't won a title with him, which is unsaving like, but, um, you know, he's not, 
he's not failing by any means. No, um, he's not sunking it up at all. No, so he's continuing to develop the first round talent that they have there. I mean, he's not. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's not, he hasn't messed that up. So I don't know. Dan Quinn, you're the issue, man. Yeah. If you want to come talk about it on the podcast, let us know. <laughs> no, Dan Quinn is not watching the podcast. Dan Quinn, my – hold on, I'm going to – Our ratings aren't high as it is, but he'll make our ratings drop even worse. Like, we'll I, I don't know. If there is zero, absolutely none. Like, not even – like, we won't even listen to it, you know? <laughs> like, we'll stop recording after Dan Quinn joins our podcast, man. Dan Quinn, my Google Voice number is 678 <laughs> Once again, uh, my Google Voice number for those listening is not my real phone number. It's my Google Voice number. Uh, 678-883-2267. Have your people call our people. Uh, heads up, I am our people. Um, and we'll get this, we'll get this rolling, man. Just let us know. Let us know. <laughs> I get that number out to like, that's the one I use for school as well when I call parents if I don't. Like, want them to have my actual real phone number because parents <laughs> will sometimes call at, like, 8 o'clock at night, and they don't need my real number. Um, so, yeah, hit, hit me up, Dan Quinn, and we can have it. We can have a chat. Uh, or you, Arthur Blank, if you have beef with Donatus after he exposed your um, your scandalous um, behavior against your wife. Um, all right. Sorry, Arthur Blank. <laughs> all right, moving on. We Man, we spent, like... 35 minutes on the Falcons. <laughs> um, wow. We may only get through two topics today. Um, I actually don't think there is, like, there was nothing that, that too groundbreaking in the NFL this week, like last week. Um, Except for yesterday with the, with the tight ends and the, uh, well, just the tight ends. Oh, yeah. About uh, the, at the end. Yeah, the news that broke today. Yeah. Um, oh, was it today that it came? It was today that it came out. It's been a long day, man. I understand. You're <laughs> All right, so before we get the Giants, while, while we're talking about it, let's go ahead because we'll forget about it. Or I will because that's just what I do. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, that news broke. I, I think I read that eight Titans players tested positive today uh, for uh, coronavirus. Three, because... players, three players and five staff, staff persons. So five people – so I guess eight people overall. Eight people total, um, yeah. And I don't know – I don't remember if I read if anyone from the Vikings – uh, tested positive, but like they've shut down operations until Saturday, and they still like for the for the um um oh shoot what were the two teams again I just forgot the the, the Vikings and the Titans Titans, oh, Titans. Uh, that yeah. they still intend for the Titans Steelers game to happen on Sunday, but yet they've shut down operations until. Saturday. I feel like that's yeah. I feel like that's wild. Like why? Yeah. I don't understand why they don't just give both teams a bye, and the, I guess they don't have the same bye week though, uh, and try and make it up later. But yeah. I, I feel like that's even more of a. Um, I feel like that's even more of a not just health hazard because it hadn't been 14 days to try and quarantine, but. You're not going to be able to have legitimate practice for the entire week. Right. And then you show up on Sunday for a game. Like, I feel like of a season that's battling so many injuries, mm-hmm. that that is a injury fest for the Titans, because the Steelers can still practice. But for the right. Titans, I feel like that's an injury fest waiting to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, you know, I don't the NFL has done, you know, I, I give Roger Goodell a lot of flack, um, but the NFL has done really good with their testing and, and, and everything. You know, I think at, at before this, I want to say, I don't know for sure, so don't quote me on this number. This may be like an outlandish number, but I want to say it's like out of 5,000 tests or 7,000 tests or something like that, that nobody had tested positive or something like that out of all the people that they had tested them. So the, I mean, they they had a, a set game plan and, and they've done pretty well keeping with it. Um, I'm just really curious one to figure out who those players are. I don't know if they'll tell us or not. Um, but then two, like how they how they contracted it. Um, but then the thing that I'm really interested in, Aaron, is is I want to see 
if this is a one time thing or mm-hmm. if this is what ends up if this is what the NFL kinda ends up looking like as long as as, as Corona is around, which you know, we don't know how long that will be. Um you know, is it is it gonna be in a few weeks we have another team that, you know, has has play, has to shut down the facilities and stuff like that. Um I don't know. It's 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 gonna it's gonna be interesting going forward. Um, well, kind of to see this happened. Like. This happened in uh, Major League Baseball at the beginning of the season. Um, yeah. Like it was early, early in the season, and I remember news breaking about the Miami Marlins um, having a giant outbreak, um, yeah. and that like teams they had just played had to quarantine and they had to postpone games and move things around. And then that, and then another team had an outbreak. They were all within like a short period of time. And then it's like all the outbreaks went away. So it's yeah. like they, yeah. it, well, it, yeah. it's, it's like they took that time to recover. And then they, I, I feel like, I don't know this for a fact. I don't pay attention to baseball, but I feel like the, um, the commissioner and other owners sat back and game planned on how to yeah. avoid this from happening again. And they adapted and improved. Like the NFL, I, I agree with you. They've done a great job. Like like NBA, NBA had no outbreaks, but they were able to put everyone who was in the playoffs <laughs> in Orlando, and that's yeah. like that's I mean, that's like ten players max a team. So that's about a fifty three <laughs> yeah. man squad. Um, but <clears throat> so that's not possible in in these sports with more players on the team. But I think they've done a great job, and I don't know if we're going to learn that players on the Tennessee Titans or a player on the Tennessee Titans were not, um, uh, somehow were able to work around the rules and, and, and got exposed yeah. to it yeah. by um, by doing what he wasn't supposed to be doing um, or maybe a staff member and therefore it spread amongst a few people. I- I'm interested yeah. to see if anything breaks like that because I know the Seahawks, man, they had it on lockdown during the off season. And one of the rookies brought a random girl into the hotel dressed as uh, one of the football players, got caught on tape, and was released from the team immediately. Yeah, man, he, he put her in Seahawks like clothing and tried to pass her off as a football player, and they saw it on tape, and they're like, "Nah, man," and they and they released him, and they said, "Now nah, you're gone." Um, so I'm interested to see, like, is there a reason this came to be? Did someone break protocol? and has now caused this to happen because they broke protocol. Uh, yeah. Because the NFL had been going for weeks where, like, they would say, like, no test came out positive. Or, like, even with A.J. Yeah. Terrell, um, he had a positive test, and they tested everybody else, like, two or three times. And there was no other positives yeah. so they could move forward with the game. So the NFL has done a great yeah. job. I'm interested to see, A, can we find where this came from with the Titans? I say we as if we're doing anything. Can the NFL find where this came from with the Titans? We're, we're now investigative journalists. Um, can they, will they see where it came from? Um, was it a freak accident or did somebody break protocol and what happens from there? Uh, and, and do the Titans, I don't think the Titans play this week. In fact, I saw, I'm looking at it now, a title of this, this, um, this article mentions, you know, could the NFL postpone games this weekend? And actually thinking about it, if the Titans aren't the only team, and there's two more teams they're worried about, or if they're even worried about injuries going in, instead of trying to resituate bye weeks, um, would it make sense to, like, say, all right, for week, week four, we're going to bump it back a week and we'll all pick back up on week five? Um, yeah. And that's a, that's a 14-day span. Um, yeah. Now teams are going to look rusty. Uh, they, I, I thought you'd right. be smart. Teams are going to look rusty because you got like a random bye week. Um, yeah. But that puts a 14-day buffer between games where if there was a spread, we've been able to quarantine and we can move forward. Um, I feel like that's the easiest fix than trying to rearrange all these games. Um, yeah, I I agree. Well, and I was watching, uh, I was watching NFL Live and, you know, Dan Orlovsky was talking about just how hard, like what you're saying, just how hard it's going to be. You have absolutely no practice time. You have no time to watch film unless you watch it on your own. No time to work out, which plays into the injuries that you're talking about. Um, you know, 
And then you and then you just think about like the the Minnesota Vikings uh, players and their their personnel. And then you know he was talking about you know like their families and then their kids that they send to school. And you know like if you send your kid to school and then your kid, you know, I mean, I know it's probably a reach, but let's say you know like. A, a Vikings player had contact with a with a, a, a Titans player who had COVID, and they got it, and they gave it to their kids, and then their kids give it to the school, and they give it. You know, I mean, you can yeah, look at all Nashville and Minneapolis being affect, infected with, with COVID just from just from this. So, I I don't know. I, mean, I don't I don't blame the NFL really at all for this. I think it was probably somebody's selfishness that has contributed to this, but. Um, um, it's really it's going to be interesting how they how they how they figure it out, and then if they if they go ahead and make a, a policy or set a precedent precedent um, for how they're going to handle it in the future, because um, you know COVID could be around for a while, and part of it is we'll have to learn they're going to have to learn if they're going to do if they're going to do football they're going to have to learn how to how to do it and have COVID um, as well. So. I don't know, man. It's just it was it was interesting when it broke this morning that 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 had happened. So yeah, I thought it was crazy because like I know before each Sunday I always get an alert, just like all teams tested negative. So I'm like, what? Well, where did this one come yeah. from? Yeah, like if all yeah. teams tested negative, that means you had a false negative, and now you have a giant spread. So yeah. it's it's um. I'm, inter- I'm just interested to see. I know some teams like the Broncos and some other teams would be glad if if this gets bumped back a week because right. you know the Broncos are playing a third string quarterback this week, but uh, and <laughs> yeah. Adam Gates will save his job for another week. But um, <laughs> yeah, man, I, I'm interested to see what happens uh, if if they do bump it. If they, I don't know if if, if they side. I mean, but still, I mean, they're they're suspending all operations until this weekend. It, it, that, I thought that's dangerous for yeah. the players to be completely yeah. inactive from, from any type of hitting or football activity for a week, um, and then to come in just to play a game on Sunday, um, after a team that's been, been able to practice all week, get some hitting in, uh, do everything football wise as a unit, um, and for you to get nothing for a week, I, I just, it's, I, it's dangerous. I, I feel like, I feel like yeah. it's very dangerous. Um, alright. Now, possibly our last topic of the night, looking at the, the phone call log, is, uh, well, maybe the last topic, cause I, I don't know if there's too much to say here, is my Cleveland Browns, we pulled through with another win. We are, in case you did not see on social media, or if you didn't watch the game, they said about 42 times that this is the first time since 2014 that the Browns have had <laughs> A winning record, so it is at any point during the season. Oh wow! Yeah, so it has been six years <laughs> since we have had a winning record at any point during a season, and they said that bad boy at least about forty-two million times during the game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they also told us that this is the first time since like nineteen sixty-four that two teams that do not have logos on their helmets. Um, played against each other in a football game. So uh, I don't know who had to pull that stat, but whoever it was, good job on finding that. Because uh, <laughs> they, they pulled that out the hat uh, in the middle of the game, and I was like, well, that's a random thing to tell us. I, I know I know y'all's job is to tell us random, stupid things, and that was of the most random and stupid things. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> we played the Washington football team, beat them by 14 points. Uh, it was not pretty the whole way. Um, the defense was atrocious, and I'm going to ignore them. Uh, we had <laughs> now, if you just look at the stat line, we had five takeaways. Um, Haskins was just that bad. Um, as yeah. the commentators kept pointing out, the interceptions we took, we had, we, we had Haskins was just staring down the person he wanted to throw it to, and our defense was reacting. I, I'm great. I'm glad our defense had five takeaways because those were our first five of the season, I believe. Um, <laughs> I believe I could be wrong. I don't feel like we've taken the ball away many times, but um, but we had five takeaways. But we can't take too much credit because 
um, Haskins was just that bad. Um, the, the great takeaways that I got from the Browns game, uh, I'm going to ignore the defense. I'm going to move on to our offense. Um, our offense, our, our running backs sputtered during the game. Um, at the beginning of the game, that, that front line in Washington is no joke. They were really good. Um, we couldn't get anything, anything running going at the beginning of the game. Um, and Stefanski did not quit running the ball. And I was thankful for that. Uh, Chubb had 19 carries and 108 yards. Um, Hunt had, ooh, let me see what Hunt had. Hunt had 16 carries on 46 yards, not as successful, but he did have a receiving touchdown. Um, and so the fact that Stefanski kept with the run, it eventually became successful. And our team was able to thrive through that. Um, same with Baker. Baker did not look good during a lot of the game. Um, he was, it, it was, it was weird. He was overthrowing receivers like crazy. Like he kept soaring passes. And I've never seen him be that inaccurate. I've seen him try and force passes, which have turned, which turned into his four million interceptions last year. But I've never seen him just soar a bunch of passes over receivers' heads. Um, that, that was strange to me. Um, but all in all, when he needed to step in clutch, there was a big third down conversion where he was patient, was able to find OBJ and hit him on a, on a major pass to keep a drive going that we needed to keep going. There was also a time where we were in the red zone and he hit Harrison Bryant with a strike across the end zone for a touchdown when we needed to score because we were, we, uh, I believe we were down in that moment in time. We were losing. It was the fourth quarter. We were down by, uh, I believe three points and we were losing to the, um, to the Washington football team and he was able to pull through and find Bryant. So like my biggest takeaways with Baker was even though it was an ugly game, it was not a great game. He did not play close to what I expect, what, what he did his rookie year. Um, he showed patience. Um, he made big plays when he needed to. So he didn't just completely crumble. Um, but there's still a lot of growth to be done there. But as long as we're winning and as long as he doesn't look absolutely terrible and he's turning the ball over, I'll take any steps of improvement we can get um, in hopes that he continues to uh, gel with these receivers. I mean, OBJ had modest stat, four receptions, 59 yards, no touchdowns. Landry, four receptions, 36 yards. I mean, our pass game was not there, but our run game was killing it. Um, but it took some time, and I was just glad to see Stefanski not ditch the run because it wasn't working. That's something we would have done last year is if Chubb was getting stuffed on the run, uh, mm-hmm. Freddie Kitchens would have said, well, bump the run. I'm going to pass it the whole time, um, which didn't work. So the fact that Stefanski <laughs> stuck true to what we know works, uh, we just have to wear down the defense first, uh, was a very relieving sight. From a Browns fan, I know that I know Washington is not that is not a good team. Their front their front defensive line, what I thought was good, was actually good. In fact, their DBs were a lot better. Their defense is a lot better than I gave them credit for. Um, as they started showing players, I was like, oh, they play for Washington. Oh, they play for Washington. <laughs> oh, the defense is. I, I know we did a whole breakdown, but their defense is not that bad. Their offense is that bad. Um, but our defense is also that bad, so therefore it made their offense look good. But their defense was a lot better than I anticipated. Their front line was as good as I anticipated. Um, and once again, I'm just glad Stefanski didn't ditch the run when it wasn't working because it was not working at all in the first quarter. We could not get anything going. Chubb was being stopped for maybe one-yard gains. Um, Hunt was getting stopped. Baker wasn't doing well. Um but Stefanski stayed tried and true, came out with a 14-point win, and now we got the Cowboys next week. So that's pretty much it with the, with the Browns. I'm just looking for improvement every week um, because we were so disappointing last year, and I don't feel like we improved at all last year. Like the season went on, but no improvements happened. Um, so just the fact that I see, like I can physically see 
how Baker's improved from last year and how we're not ditching things. Um, and it, it is really, as frustrating as it is for us not to blow away a terrible Washington football team, it was relieving in the sense that we didn't just go in the tank and give up, uh, which is what the Browns usually do. Um, so, yeah, all in all, good week for Browns fans over here. Here, here. I know you didn't watch the game, but any, any questions, any, anything you want to know about the game? No, um, I don't think uh, – I don't know. I was looking at – I was trying to look at Washington's <laughs> record. I was going to say, I don't think that Washington is as bad as people think that they are, um, but they might be as bad as people think that they are. But, no, I mean, that – like we talked about when we did the division break, that Washington is in first place of the NFC East right now. Did, yeah, did well, you know that? They're, they're, yes, I did. They're, they're technically in first place. And I do – so they aren't I, – I, I don't believe it. I, I don't think they're as bad as people think they are. I think that defense yeah. is actually really good. And I think that um, with Ron Rivera as their head coach, who's a defensive-minded guy, that they're actually – that their defense is good. Um, is Del Rio, see over the offense or the defense? Uh, defense, I think. They, the guy, I think Scott Turner, who is North Turner's son, I think he okay. came over from, uh, from Carolina with Ron Rivera. Don't quote me on that, but I think that's, I think All right, so, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't remember if Del Rio's a defensive guy or not. So therefore, if he's a defense, yeah. if he is a defensive guy, then you had two well-respected guys who were overseeing yeah. that defense, and they don't yeah. have, like, their defense has actual names on it. So I, I was, once they announced the starting lineup, like they put it on the screen, who's the starters for each team, and they showed the starters for the Redskins, or sorry, the Washington football team's defense, I looked at it and I was like, oh, hold on now. This defense is a lot better than I remember seeing it being. So when, yeah. so, so their defense is, like it made sense why they came back against, um, why they were able to hold the Eagles to 17 after the first half and we're able to come back and win. This defense is right. not that terrible. Um, and their uh, their other loss is to the Cardinals, who have an electric offense as well. Um, yeah, true. Now, true. the biggest issue with their defense is the fact that this, the Browns had this issue for years, is that the defense can be good, but the offense is so bad that the defense just wears down because the offense yeah. can't stay on the field. Um yeah. And that may that may be what we see from Washington is that you know the offense can't stay on the field, the offense can't score, the offense can't drive, and so the defense stays out there forever. Um, um, that's my hope for them. Like they weren't as bad yeah. as I thought they were going to be. Their, their offense was bad. Um, our defense is just also subsequently bad, um, and so that that helped <laughs> them a lot. Um, but I think there's a lot of positives for Washington moving forward. I I don't think Haskins isn't the man by yeah. any means. He's he's not yeah. the dude. Um, yeah, that's all I'm gonna say on that. He's he's not the man. Um, yeah. I'm surprised they they seem committed to him. I'm surprised they aren't like toying with the idea of Alex Smith trying to get some play time in because uh, yeah. Haskins is bad, like bad bad. I know he had 224 yards, but he had three and two touchdowns. But he had three interceptions, um, and that was strictly from as the commentators, you know, pointed out, staring at the person he was going to throw it to, and then yeah. actually throwing it to them, um, right. which then resulted in you know an interception. But he, he's he's actually that bad, um, in my opinion. I don't think that he's their dude. Um, Shoot, if they're smart, they might tank and go try and pick up one of those other guys because I, I don't think he's going to be the QB for much longer. No, um, man, if they if they had a quarterback, they'd be a pretty decent team. They've got Terry McLaurin, um, Antonio Gibson starting to come along. Um, they're not terrible. Uh, they just they don't have a quarterback. Um, so. But yeah, uh, no, I mean, I think about the Browns, man, I, I'm looking at you guys, and you guys are at the third, you have the third best rushing attack right now at 170 yards per game. Um, 
now you're 30th in passing yards, but you know you're winning. So what does it matter? Um, I, I love that. I love that Stefanski's running the ball with Nick Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt. Um, and like I told you in the text, I think that's going to be the secret to the Browns' success. Because um, at some point, the teams are going to have to start putting eight people in the box to stop Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt from from killing them with the runs. Um, and at that point, man, it's going to open up that play action that we saw in uh, in Minnesota with Kirk Cousins going deep to Stephon Diggs and, and Adam Thielen and Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith Jr. and, and all those dudes. And so um, I'm not worried about the passing game. I think, you know, another game or two, this might be the game where that pa- passing offense breaks out because you can throw all over the Dallas Cowboys. But um the Browns are starting to hit their stride, man, and and so I think that's that's exciting for for you as a Browns fan. That's exciting for other for other Browns fans. Um, you know, you've been hurt defensively, so you know that's that that's your excuse for for maybe not performing as up to whatever defensively. Um, but yeah, man, I like you. I I didn't I didn't have a chance to watch the game, um, but. From what I'm seeing, man, the Browns the Browns look good. Um, I don't I don't know if Baker Baker from a statistical standpoint kind of looks like maybe he's himself, um, but I don't I don't know that for for a fact. Um, I forgot you guys had Case Keenum. Not that it's relevant, but I forgot that he you know that he was for you guys. Um, so yeah, man, I. I uh, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm I'm excited for you and the and the Cleveland Browns, man. They're they're a good looking team right now. Yeah, people keep calling for Case, but I'm like, why? I mean, I know Baker has struggled in a sense of like he hasn't been lighting up the stats like he did at the end of his rookie year, um, but he hasn't lost this game, and that's I mean, right. He's, he hasn't been a factor as to why we've won yet. Our run game is why we're winning. Um, which I think is good because that allows Baker to continue to learn the offense and, and get better at passing, and and he's not losing us games. Like, we can count on Chubb and Hunt to get us our yards and win the games and allow Baker to keep growing. Um, I'm all about this year being a Baker learn year and get better year. Uh, I don't think Baker right. ever had a get better year. Uh, right. his, his rookie year, he was thrown in um, – from an injury, which I was fine with, uh, but then he 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 experienced a head coaching and OC change, and then he experienced a head coach and an OC change, and then he experienced a head coach and an OC change. Like this is his fourth technical head coach he's on in three years. Yeah. So if he spends this yeah. year getting better, but we're not going like, you know, um, four and twelve, but we're actually being competitive, but he's being able to learn. I'm all about it. And I think next year will be all that better um, on, on second year under Stefanski. We just have to be patient with Baker right now because he had all that down, all that tumultuous um, uh, coaching line that he had to, like, just kind of make it through. Um, I, the only reason I'm worried about Dallas is I know they have the weapon and our defense has been bad um, because we're missing a lot of pieces, uh, like a lot, a lot of pieces. And so we're we're playing with uh, with a bunch of reserves, um, and because of those weapons, I'm afraid they're going to tear up our defense. Uh, fortunately, I know their defense is equally as bad, and our offense is good. Um, so I and, and and Stefanski has proven he's going to stick to the run as long as it's working, which is great because the run game kills the clock. And as long as yeah. we can, um, as long as we can control the possession game. Um, they're not going to be able to put up major points on us if we can eat clock and then score. Um, yeah. If we can't eat the clock and score, uh, it's going to be a long day for us. But luckily, we can run. Their defense is terrible, um, and we're good at some long drives. Um, like, let's see if I can uh, – where is it at? So, like, we had drives of six minutes, five minutes, five minutes, um, all three of those turned into scoring runs. We only had a few that, that were, were short possessions. But, like, those minutes add up. Six, five, and five, those are good chunks of a quarter. Um, yeah. 
to, to eat up clock so that they don't have much possession time. Um, that's just my hope going forward. Also, Greedy Williams, I'm going to offer you the same uh, same as everybody else. We would love to have you back on the team playing. Um, if you have any concerns that you would like to share with this podcast, 678-883-2267. Give us a phone call, and we will have you on so we can talk about some Cleveland Browns football. Um, we miss you, man. We need you back there. You, Mac Wilson, Vernon Olivier, uh, which has been a waste of a, of, of a, of a trade because he is, I feel like he's only played like 10% of the games that we've had him for. Um, we, we need that defense rolling, man. So give us a call. Put everyone on. Make it a group call. We will dedicate an entire podcast to y'all if you call. Um, Make it a group call. Hey, man, we'll record it, and we will we'll take this thing big. Um, all right. That, that's pretty much it with the Browns. I know we promised y'all that we would talk about whether or not um, – What's his name? Uh, Jaguars quarterback. Um, Minshew. If Minshew was the real deal, man, we got. I, I got two series in, and I called it a night. Uh, they got they got beat down by the Dolphins. I'm not even gonna waste my breath on the fact that Minshew yeah. didn't show up. We we were over here like, oh man, are the Jaguars gonna be a playoff team? Nah, they're not gonna be a playoff team. Uh, they they've had they had they had some pretty good initial weeks. And now they're going to be ready to draft Trevor Lawrence. Um, <laughs> so we're not we're not going to waste our time talking about Minshew and and the trash Jaguars. Um, yeah. Anything else? Anything you want to say to the people? I, I think that's uh anything anything big that we didn't cover yet that you want to cover? Um, no. No. Oh, man. <laughs> we said we said. I I made I made notes to talk about it and I was trying to look and see if we covered everything and we did, so uh yeah, I'm good. Yeah, we spent approximately like forty seven hours on the Falcons, which they they needed that, that ripping into. So if anything, it's nice it's it's cathartic for for uh for Falcons fans, I assume, to just be able to rip into their team and it's almost like, All right, I'm good for it to happen again. I'm ready for my heart to be broken again. Um, <laughs> I don't know about that. That's, I know you've already you already decided you're going to jump on the Seahawks bandwagon, but yeah, just be prepared. That, be prepared that once they find themselves up on the Packers and they lose again, we're going to be right back here again for a, and when they don't fire Dan Quinn off of the third time in a row, um, we'll be here. All right. Well, there you have it, people. A nice Falcons rant. A COVID. 19 conversation and <laughs> a very solemn conversation about the Browns because, I mean, they've won and there's nothing to be mad about. So you can't beat that with the uh, conversation of uh, the Atlanta Falcons. So with that, it's another week, another great week of the NFL. Hopefully we'll see you next week if they don't push that game. Um, there's nothing saying they're actually going to, but based on that one article must mean maybe potentially possibly they would think about that. So if the NFL does push back a week, go ahead and, you know, I'm a teacher. We plan for the unexpected. Um, <laughs> if they do push back a week, then we will see y'all in two weeks because there'll be nothing to recap. Um, <laughs> but with that, we're out.